ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Opening day is here. Nosebleeds is here. WFUV's baseball podcast. I'm Sam Davis, along with Lou Orlando and Ryan Whiteman. Pat Amatoro is our producer for today's episode. Guys, the wait's over. The regular season, it's here. It starts tomorrow. We're going to have a series preview, a season preview, excuse me, for the Yankees and for the Mets. Uh, super pumped to be with you guys today, Lou. How we, how we doing? Oh, we're great. I, this is really a very By exciting. By I should note, just rushing over from softball to it's, get in this chair right here. It went straight from calling the softball game. Now you're sitting down talking baseball. That That's a grind. Respect that. Love it, Lou. It's been busy. We won the first <laughs> game, got crushed in the second game. Don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay. Uh, but excited for baseball, man, because I feel like you know, you're always excited opening day, but something about World Baseball Classic. Like, I'm already in high gear, so I'm ready. And like, there's going to be months... May, June, July, where it might drag a little bit. Right now, April, it doesn't get better. Yeah, the World Baseball Classic was kind of a teaser for for what we were going to get and, and kind of you know scratching that itch for most baseball fans to get underway in the regular season. But, Ryan, how are we doing? I'm doing good, yeah. Uh, this is definitely going to be an interesting season. Uh, Yankees in particular definitely feels a lot better, more optimistic going into this season. I think there were a lot of questions about Aaron Judge in particular. Thankfully, he's staying with us. And um, Anthony Volpe now coming up, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But there's a lot of hype coming around it. Yeah, both teams in New York have certainly a, a lot of happenings in the offseason. We're going to start with the New York Yankees. They begin their quest for the 28th World Series championship. They won the American League East last year. They were then swept in the ALCS against the Houston Astros. And, Ryan, you mentioned Aaron Judge, a record-breaking season for him last year, American League record 62 homers. AL MVP and in the offseason as well. Don, the Yankee captain with Judge, obviously the extension in the offseason also. It's almost impossible for him to have a better year this year than he did last year. If he did, he would continue breaking history. However, any sort of regression for Judge could still be an all-star season, could still even be an MVP season. Judge is certainly going to lead the way for this Yankees group. Yeah, I think you're in a spot where it's like, hey, we're not going to get irate if he doesn't hit 60 home runs, but like, you're not going to also, you're going to be upset if, if he goes out and it's just a 40 home run season. That's kind of crazy to say. Like, you love 40 home runs. 40 home runs a lot of times is in like the top 10 of the MLB. But, you know, talking about Aaron Judge, he came off this historic season. I think we have to give him like a little bit of leeway and just be like, hey, you might not break the record again. Do you think New York fans are going to do that? Do you think no, Yankee I, fans are going to do that? I don't, and that's scary. How long will it take for if, if Judge starts off the year struggling a little bit in April? How long is it before Yankees fans start booing him? If he goes like one for twelve in the opening series, it might. It, might, it could you happen. Might, you might hear he won't that's, get that's, he won't get booed, but it would be like Judge's wash. We shouldn't have given him the contract. You should have yeah. let him walk, which yeah, is outrageous. Go, yeah, they're going into the season one seventy home runs. So if they don't get that, not going to be happening. <laughs> yeah, that's just if he the doesn't way break that, Bonds' record. He's yeah. going to be traded. But, you know, Aaron Judge, obviously, uh, expect him to have another pretty impressive year for the Yankees leading the way. And, Ryan, you mentioned some of the optimism. Anthony Volpe will get into uh, certainly a a lot of optimism with that, and rightfully so. But some negatives revolve around uh, some injuries that have already happened in spring training. They happened with the Mets as well, which we'll get into a little bit later. But, um, you know, their biggest addition for the Yankees heading into this year was Carlos Rodon. 
and he's going to be starting the year on the IL. The, the rotation is pretty banged up already. They got Nestor Cortez um, hurt in spring training. Frank, Frankie Montas is going to be out um, until just about the All-Star break. Luis Severino is going to miss some time as well, at least to start. Um, the rotation was definitely, at least before spring training, uh, was definitely improved from last year. And, and still, with the personnel on this Yankee team, it's a better rotation than they had last year. But some of these injuries already... It's somewhat concerning. Ryan, I'll go to you first here. What's the level of concern right now with some of these Yankees injuries, especially at the rotation? Yeah, so the rotation in particular, it was very noticeable in the playoffs that outside of a few sparks, they did not really have much in the bullpen. So it, 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 we'll have to wait and see. Maybe there's someone they got that nobody's talking about that'll do something amazing. I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I think you're in a spot where it's it's less about the fact that you're injured coming into the season with the rotation. Like I think you can get through a couple weeks with. And plus, I should still right. mention you still got Garrett Cole. So right. You still have yes. Garrett Cole, and obviously he, especially in October last year, I think proved a lot of people wrong with how he performed uh, because there was a lot of doubt over that, and that's something that he kind of stepped up and said, "Hey, I can be a big game pitcher," and showed that last season. So that's definitely a, a positive lead in the way. I think you also saw his evolution as a leader in the clubhouse. Some of the, the quotes he started giving to the, the press conferences, you, I think you saw his evolution in being more accountable and just being a better leader. But, right, you look at the rotation, there's Cole, there's Nestor, and then you're looking at, right now, Clark Domingo, and we think Johnny Brito. So it's not in the best spot, but it's less about what the rotation looks like right now and more about the injuries to Seve and Rodon, right? You look at Seve, it's another lat injury. And, yes, last year they put him on the 60-day AL, and that seemed preemptive, but he still missed, right, 60 days and Rodon with that forearm tightness, people keep saying that's a precursor to Tommy John, right? So I'm looking at these injuries and going, what's next? Like, is this an indication that these are going to be lingering things? And when you're talking about the Yankees and pitching, kind of hard not to be a little scared about that. I mean, yeah, and I, I think uh, injuries are obviously a concern in baseball, and they're especially a concern um, with the Yankees who have had them in the past, and that's been something that's plagued them. But um, that rotation, like I mentioned, on paper – when everyone's healthy, is one of the best in baseball and certainly one of the best in the American League. So that's something that you have to look back, uh, look at, and, and, and going forward, um, you know, you expect uh, Severino to come back. You expect Cortez to be okay. Um, obviously, uh, Montas is going to be more of a long-term thing. Uh, Rodon, you're not really sure what you're going to get. And that was a tough loss considering he was the highlight guy in, in the offseason. But somebody that has come alive in spring training and has set himself up uh, to be uh, a phenom and, and a highly touted 21-year-old prospect. It's Anthony Volpe, uh, who is now going to be the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. So a lot of excitement around that. He's going to be wearing number 11, uh, taking Brett Gardner's number, um, which uh, was, I believe, just announced today uh, as we record this year, day before opening day tomorrow. But Volpe, there's a lot of expectations around him, Uh Everything I've seen, everything I've read, everything I've heard is that he's a guy that can rise to those expectations. He's kind of been, um, you know, like I mentioned, highly touted as a big-time prospect. But performing in New York, especially as a young 21-year-old, especially as uh, a guy with the weight of being the starting shortstop for the Yankees, um, we'll see how he does. I I think, you know, all of the intangibles are are there. Um, He's shown it so far in spring training. and Ryan, I, I think if you're a Yankee fan, you have to be excited uh, with Volpe getting the call this early, and, and the ceiling for this guy is is through the roof. 
yeah, it's gonna be it's definitely gonna be fun to watch. Um, I think, you know, it, it, he's uh, four months younger than me, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I should feel he, good. I, if I should feel bad about that. Or, that's you when know. when you start yeah. to get to this age, you know, as we like, I'm a senior now, and like you get to the point where a lot of these guys are either your age or sometimes even younger. And that's kind of a, a, a gut check where you're like, okay, where, where am I and where are they? See, but, for me, that guy was Dominguez. When Dominguez came out yeah. and like I was in high school and I was like, this guy's a I think, younger than I me. think Juan Soto was that guy for me, mm-hmm. or forget. Um, Juan Soto might be a little older than me. But there's a couple guys I remember. Uh, you know, Rafael Devers was a good one with the Red Sox. <sighs> he, you know, winning a World Series at the age of eight, at, uh, under 21. I believe he was 20 at the time. And that was just like, oh my goodness. Like, I, I'm sitting on my couch watching these guys. But, but Volpe... That's the kind of guy he is. He's been highly touted. He's been, um, you know, praised as uh, the next best thing for the Yankees. Uh, I'm curious, both Yankee fans here, what are the expectations for Volpe? It's tough not to get really excited because you put yourself in the mindset of, I don't think we expected Volpe to have a legitimate shot to be the starting shortstop. At least I didn't. I knew he was going to have a shot to win it at a camp, but in my mind I went, all right, it's probably Peraza, maybe IKF. And all of a sudden, he comes out, wins the starting role. You keep seeing him. He keeps hitting, and you go, got to give him the role. He's the guy that's been hitting. Uh, for me, I think it's, right, the speeds look good. The defense has looked good. I would love for him to go out and just one dot. Like, that would be awesome. Those aren't my expectations. I think I would love to get kind of what they got out of Glaber that first rookie year. He's just in the bottom of the lineup, was an all-star, hit, I think, eight OPS was above 800, like, Maybe state there's going to probably be some struggles. There's going to be some adjustments to the major league level, but kids look good. He homered off of I think Aaron Nola or Pablo Lopez. He's been hitting off of these big league guys. It's tough not to get really excited. Pat Amatora, our producer, is calling him the next Derek Cheater. So I mean, it's pretty, the, the parallels are there. I man. mean, they've, yeah. they've, it's been there. it's been said before, so I'm not trying to say it's the hottest take in the world, but that is high praise. Could for, have sworn Isaiah Conflaff was the next Cheater, man. I'll tell you. I mean, yeah, the Yankees really haven't had a shortstop like. That I mean, it's hard to find someone who's even anywhere close. Yeah, to you talk about IKF so. last year. I mean, yeah. that's it's a night and day. And yeah, I mean, when was the last time you really, as a Yankee fan, allowed yourself to get super excited about the top-notch prospect guy? I think it was Glaber. Mm-hmm. And even like Yankee fans have had that up and down relationship with Glaber. It's like I like him. I know there are people that want him gone, and I think he gets overhated at this point. But he was in a tough spot where he came in. He was supposed to be a shortstop, but it kind of turned out he's more of a second baseman. So it's like. When's the last time the Yankees really had that top, top prospect guy and the one that panned out? It feels like we talk about these hyped Yankees prospects. A lot of them end up getting traded when it's like their value is gone. Talk about Jackson Frazier, right? Like Miguel Andujar, all mm-hmm. these guys that came up, you thought they're the next guy. And there's a reason why those names aren't looked at as the same level I'm, as some of the other I names. I remember when I was like, Justice Sheffield and Chance Adams are the future of the Yankees rotation. <laughs> Where are they now? It's funny. I love hearing that because it's like, who, like to to the non-Yankee fan, people might not even know who that who I, they honestly, are. Honestly, if you, I a hope casual, that you don't know who. Casual baseball I hope that you don't know who Chance Adams is. The fact that I like have an intimate relationship with Chance <laughs> Adams makes me sad. And that's, uh, but we'll see what Volpe does. You know, I would say my expectations for him are, are relatively high. But um, obviously, Lou, I think the parallel to kind of a, a first year Glaber is pretty spot on. Um, you don't want to expect too much out of him at this age. Um, the back of my mind, the creeping thought is. It, are they rushing this guy up at all? Um, I know he's had a tremendous spring training, but uh, beaten and obviously beating out like IKF last year did not have a great season, and, and uh, 
uh, Oswald, you know, not really there either. So um, I understand the move, but the only concern I have with some younger guys like this is you bring them up and the confidence gets hit when you first start out, if you struggle. And that happens with certain young guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think about parallels with the Mets and Francisco Alvarez last year. Brought him up due to some injuries. Really struggled at the at the big league level. Showed he, he was ready at AAA and he was ready, but not ready in the major leagues. And that kind of showed itself. And he, now he's back down in AAA this year. So that can sometimes, uh, you know, impact the mind uh, and the mental side of the game of a player Um, but we'll only have to wait and see it's baseball it's a mental sport if he can get over that hump of the first month and those early expectations and he's sitting pretty and 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 putting himself in a good position and still at that starting role then I could see him really having a a solid season for this Yankees team he only has 20 something at bats at the triple a level either like it's he's mostly been doing it at high a double a and then he got called up at the end of the year last year Got 20-something at-bats at AAA, and like now he's here. And, again, he looks so good in spring. You hope you give him the keys, and it, it turns out to be good. I think there's a worst-case scenario where the Yankees think Oswald Peraza's ready. And you also have Oswaldo Cabrera, who can play anywhere. I think he's also like a worst-case, like, fill him in at shortstop or IKF, put him at short. The only reason that Peraza's not on this roster is if you called him up, it'd kind of be a waste. He wouldn't play as much. He wouldn't get the reps at short, so they have him at AAA, but... They thought he was ready. They called him up. He started a game at shortstop in the playoffs. Yeah. And he ended up looking better than IKF down the stretch. So I know Peraza had a tough spring, but I think he's a guy that there's talent there. There's some rumors that they think that he's the future shortstop and that they're going to slide Volpe over to second. And you, you speculate there's been rumors about they don't love Volpe's arm strength. I know he worked on it, but like there's a chance Peraza ends up being the future shortstop from that position. So I think you have better depth at that position than you've had mm. in a while. Definitely makes sense, yeah. So the Yankees... They'll begin the season with the San Francisco Giants at home. Uh, they'll, they'll have the Orioles and the Blue Jays in the month of April. Those are their first matchups within the AL East. Um, I want to get our predictions for the Yankees first, and then we'll move on to the Mets. Uh, where do the New York uh, – Ryan, I'll start with you here. Where do you see the Yankees finishing in the AL East? Um, it's going to be interesting. It's it's very, very difficult to see where a lot of these things are going to end up because, you know, there's a lot of question marks about Volpe in particular. Uh, Judge probably going to have another amazing season barring some barring some injury or anything along those lines. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I don't like to get too optimistic, but, you know, I'm definitely feeling a lot better going into this season than I did last season. So hopefully they'll. Have a shot at the playoffs if things keep going the way that they started going last year. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I will say I think it it's a neck-and-neck neck battle for the AL East this year. I don't think that you see the way it shaped out last year where Toronto kind of fell off and Tampa wasn't as much in the picture as they've been in past years. I think especially with some of the injuries the Yankees are dealing with, it's a lot closer. I still think they end up taking the top seed, and if not, the two, but... I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to last week and they're neck and neck with the Blue Jays. And I know, listen, the Rays lost a ton of talent and really didn't make any additions outside of Zach Eflin, but I'll never, ever rule the Rays out. They'll probably win 90 games. And so I think they'll be in that conversation. I think they'll be a little bit behind New York and Tampa. But I'll go ahead and say that the Yankees are the top seed in the AL East, but by a game or two. Toronto's going to be there. They've made additions. Toronto I'm a little scared of. I would understand being scared of, of, of the Blue Jays for sure. Um, I think that lineup is impressively deep. Uh, you're I think lo- the rotation's bouncing back too. Like the, rota- the rotation yeah. struggled last year, and there's so much. If you Manoa, look at the rotation, uh, it's Manoa, Gosman, Bassett, Barrios, Kikuchi. That's yeah, talent one through it's five. It's really good. Yeah, it's 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 very solid. Um, when you add Bassett in there. Mm-hmm. 
to like the three spot, a guy who had a really good year last year with the Mets, um, plus Manoa and Gosman at the top. That's a pretty solid rotation. I I don't think it's as good as the Yankees, but it's close. And but where the Blue Jays do have the advantage is the lineup. It's a deeper lineup. Um, you got Vladdy Jr., you have Springer, you have Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman. Um, they got Whit Merrifield last year, Dalton Varsho, and Brandon Belt this offseason. That lineup is deep. Right. Um, and, and that's a lineup that if you're a pitcher, you don't want to face basically one through nine. Um, and you add in you know, that pretty dominant top of the rotation, uh, it's leading me to pick the Toronto Blue Jays. I, I think don't, they're going to win. I, I think, think my Yankee bias is showing. I a think bit. they're going to win the AL East. I do. I don't feel 100 percent comfortable with that though, because I think if the Yankees stay fully healthy, the division is theirs. But I don't think they can. I, I, I we've already seen a lot of injuries, especially in the rotation. Um, I unfortunately could see some more during the regular season. That's why I have the Blue Jays winning the division. I also think the Rays are, are, are a team you can't count out. I mean, that rotation, we're talking about rotations. Shane McClanahan is, is dominant. Uh, Drew, Drew Rasmussen uh, and then Zach Eflin, you mentioned the addition to him. Tyler Glass now is going to be coming back from injury this year also. That's a really good rotation that's right up there, I think, with the Yankees in Toronto as well when they're all healthy. That's another team that I could see uh, making some noise. Randy Rosarina um, could make some noise as well. But I will pick the Blue Jays, and I think this is going to be um, a scenario where three teams of the AL East make the playoffs. I could see both the Yankees and the Rays in this instance uh, making it out of the wild card, two of those three wild card spots. Pat has Nestor Cortez winning uh, AL Cy Young. That's his kind of, I guess, not really a bold prediction. He had a great year last year. Somewhat bold, but great year last year. That's his prediction. I assume Pat is picking the Yankees to win the AL East. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that that's the case. Um, Pat, are you? he's, he's talking to me now. <laughs> he's he's joking with me saying the, the Baltimore Orioles are going to win the AL East. But I'm going to go with his pick as the New York Yankees because I know he's got a Yankee bias just like uh, the two of you here. But um, I will say, I think the Red Sox and Orioles are good enough to keep this division interesting where they're not going to play for the top. You yeah. know, they're not going to play great, for number one. It's a great division. division. They're going to play well enough where I think they're going to take wins away from if we're talking about a top three of yeah. Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays. Like, I, well, Orioles I was, had a sneaky good year last I would, year, right? They were over 500. They had a great year. They had a great year. Their improvement, I forget how many games. It was like almost, I think, almost over 20 games improvement in terms of winning from last year. Like they completely flipped the script. the The AL East and the NL East, I would argue, are are, are the two kind of uh, top of tier divisions in baseball. You add in maybe the AL West and the NL West. Um, the Central obviously struggles in yeah. both leagues, but um, the AL and NL East are are, are certainly up there. Um, so we'll see what 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 happens out of the Yankees. But I want to transition. To the New York Mets, um, they're following up a 101 win season. It ended in disappointing fashion, losing out to the Braves for the division. They held on to the division in the NL East for most of the year. Ended up losing to Atlanta, then a quick exit in the Wild Card Series against the Padres in that three-game set. They had an incredibly busy offseason. Um, Cohen was Steve Cohen was spending uh, left and right. Um, they lost Jacob Degrom. Uh, and Chris Bassett to free agency, but they added Justin Verlander and Kodai Senga. Um, the lineup is similar. They had a shot at Carlos Correa. Uh, Correa, excuse me. Uh, they were 
eventually decided to kind of pass on Correa, giving uh, given some of those injuries um, that were that were plaguing him, he was passed uh, on by a number of teams before re-signing with the Twins. Um, so the lineup is pretty similar. The rotation is different without Degrom, but throw in Verlander. Um, but similar to the Yankees, the Mets have been hit. Uh, by some injuries, and it's been Edwin Diaz in the World Baseball Classic. He's going to be out for the year. That obviously uh, brought on a lot of controversy surrounding that and the playing of the WBC, but that's a topic for another time. But Edwin Diaz out for the year. Jose Quintana is also out potentially until July, kind of a back end of their rotation piece. Um, The Mets have a deep starting rotation, so that will uh, certainly help. Um, But they're relying on two guys – that are 38 or 39 and 40 um, in, in, in Scherzer and Verlander. And obviously those are huge names, and those are guys that have had a lot of success um, in their careers. But they're up there in age, and health is obviously a concern. Injuries are obviously a concern. It's already shown itself in the offseason, and uh, uh, it seems to be uh, something that I'm sure Mets fans will be worried about from Game 1 until Game 162. You're right. You're talking about concerns of the rotation. I think there are, you have questions even if Verlander and Scherzer are good. I think, you know, the Quintana injury hurts you in the sense that it's more pressure on Sanga, who's going to have to make his major yeah. league debut this year. Talking about Carrasco, who's getting up there, and he's dealt with injuries, and David Peterson probably slides into the rotation. So I think there's all question marks there. And then even if there are no question marks for Verlander and Scherzer, you mentioned their age, it's a lot of pressure on them as the top two in that rotation. You're basically asking them, hey, go out there and carry. I also think that the Edwin Diaz one really hurts, right, where I really liked the bullpen for the Mets coming into this year. I love the additions of Robertson, Rayleigh, and you keep Adovino have been so good last year. Now you're in a spot where you feel like without Edwin Diaz there, again, that's a lot more pressure on those guys and who's your true closer. He's the centerpiece of that bullpen. Is, is the depth there beyond, right, the three of the trio of Robertson, Adovino, and Rayleigh? I think you know Rayleigh's awesome, right? He had yeah. that great year with Tampa. But those were always, like, additional pieces right to the the leader of the pen right. and if, if you ask me like a day before Edwin's injury uh how I'd rate the the Mets bullpen I'd say I'm very confident in the Mets bullpen they had a great year last year Edwin Diaz is back and they added a bunch of other guys like like you mentioned Robertson and Rayleigh as as, as well as Ottavino who's returning from last year after the Edwin Diaz injury that one player I think does play a significant role obviously he's the closer um he had an awesome year for the Mets last year that bullpen looks a lot different uh, without him kind of leading the way. I don't know how you feel, Ryan, but that injury certainly uh, hurt the Mets. It's going to hurt the Mets all year long. They can replace it. Uh, you know, obviously the deadline is a time to get relievers, but Edwin had such a dominant season. That's a tough guy to replace. Yeah, Diaz is a really bad loss. In terms of he's just – he's also, like, just great with – He's really popular with the fan base too. Yeah, that's of a huge that's a huge morale loss and also just a pitcher loss too. So it's going to definitely be a, an uphill battle with that one. Um in terms of Verlander, you, he made a really big splash in the playoffs last year. Um really surprised I think a lot of people and coming to the Mets it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep that keep that production up. Um definitely like you said he's 40 now, so it's going to be a lot of questions especially pushing Pitching is one of those where one injury can kind of tank you for an entire season. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think it really helps, right? You have Steve Cohen. So you have to feel the deadline. You're going to go out and you're going to do whatever you need to do to get pieces. So whether that's 
a reliever, whether that I think you guys are going to be in the market for another bat. I'm not in love with the platoon of Vogelbach, Darren Ruff at the moment. I know they yeah, DFA well, Darren yeah, Ruff, Ruff, so at, the, gone now. at that well, point, that's it's Tom, maybe it's Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham that's could have the one thing back. I will push back on you a little is that obviously Cohen has made a lot of noise in the offseason uh, for the last couple of years, but at the deadline yeah, last year, cool. Epler did not yeah. do well. I was very critical of Epler and what he did slash did not do right. um, in getting Darren Ruff, who look where he is now and look at the year he had. Vogelbach was hot for a little while and then pretty much ice cold. Um, and, and Epler looked like a genius for about a month following the deadline. And then in late September, October, it, it, it showed that those moves maybe weren't the best. Do you think they've learned from their mistakes? I hope so. I hope so. I, I just I don't know if Epler is um, the perfect man for this position. Um, I, I don't trust his uh, trade negotiation skills. I think that he's lost out on trades that other teams have made um, both this past uh, deadline and even um, earlier in his career. And that is a concern for me um, because Edwin obviously was huge for this pen. But now without him, you are certainly going to be looking to make a move. Uh, the Mets certainly can do that, and I think they will be keeping an eye on, on first of all, how the bullpen performs because we don't know. You know, you got to wait a couple months to really see how this bullpen performs. Maybe Adovino really steps into that closer's role and finds success. He was good last year. He was good in his role last year. I'm not sure how he would be in a closer role this year. Um, you know, Robertson as well as a guy who's closed plenty of games Loved in the it, past. Um, yeah, as a Yankee fan. Yes. Um, so who knows what he's going to bring to this team. So the bullpen has some question marks, but there are other guys obviously out there that they can get. Um, and the rotation overall, I, I would say I'm not super worried about just because of the depth that I talked about. You know, you have Carrasco, you have David Peterson, Tyler McGill, uh, even Joey Lucchese. A lot of those guys that I think would be back-end starters for most teams, but because of how deep uh, the Mets' rotation is, they're guys that are 5th, 6th, or even 7th in line, um, or even in AAA. So I think um, that is not a huge concern, where last season, uh, you know, DeGrom didn't pitch for half the year. Scherzer was hurt um, for a couple of months as well. And the Mets still won games, plenty of games. They were still sitting in first place. Obviously, you don't want any of that to happen. But if one of those guys goes down in the regular season, you still have a lot of arms there that can pick up the slack. So the rotation isn't a worry. The bullpen is a little bit of a concern. And pretty much, I mean, that only leaves the lineup. Yeah. I was going to say, the fact that we haven't gone up and down the lineup yet, exactly. I think it's a good sign. I think yeah. it's, it's almost a cop-out to say it, but I feel like it is kind of the theme with both teams. It's health. You got to feel like if that lineup stayed healthy last year, you don't fall to the Braves, right? Marte, and Marte was doesn't a huge get hurt. Loss, yeah, it was so a huge loss. I, I think that you look at that lineup, and I, you know there are a couple spots you can improve. I actually really like Omar Narvaez, and I like Tomas Nito. I think that's yeah. a good split. I think you're going to get. They got McCann out of there, there, which I think is addition by subtraction with yeah. the year that he had. Um, and, but this and, this lineup is good up and down. And again, if they stay healthy, you're you're right in the mix. Yeah, I totally agree. That lineup. Um, it's similar to last year, but like you said, you know that lineup last year um, down the stretch with Marte is a completely different story. The one concern, um, and I say concern a lot with Mets with the Mets because Mets fans are always thinking worst case scenario and always thinking uh, you know about any sort of concern. Um, and I think in October, the lack of power outside of Alonso hurt them a little bit because. 
facing off against the Braves, I think it was especially uh, evident. A team that can change a game with one swing of the bat. Um, the Mets don't really have that. Pete Alonso can do that. Mm. But outside of that, and even Lindor, I think, in a big game can. He's been clutched throughout his career. But for the most part, the Mets don't really have that. And I think that is the only thing that's a concern. I think, obviously, if you put Correa in this lineup and a healthy Edwin Diaz, this is the World Series favorite. I mean, that's just how good this lineup is. It's a really talented lineup. You have McNeil, who had a great year last year. You mentioned Narvaez um, and, and, and Nito, who I think will do a good job behind the plate. Um, you got Nimmo back at the top of the order. He's a big piece for this lineup and for this uh, defense as well. Um so the lineup is pretty solid. I guess the one concern could be having a serious power threat in the middle of the order outside of a guy like Alonzo. But you can expect, I, I do think, um, Ryan, I don't know if you agree with me, I think that Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor in the middle of that order, I expect both of them. I Lindor had a horrible first year with the Mets, a better second year, and I think he could have an even better year this year to continue to improve on and, and be comfortable in New York. And Pete had a solid year last year. I expect that to continue. Those two guys in the middle of the order, they can carry a lot of this offensive production in terms of a power standpoint. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, like you said, the, the Mets' biggest and most glaring problem is obviously their offense because – at times when you when they got past Pete Alonso, it felt like everybody in that stadium was just begging for the lineup to circle back to him. He's obviously the biggest powerhouse on the team, so for good reason. But still, they're definitely their biggest concern going into it is the offensive acumen. But we'll see. Maybe maybe someone will have a breakout year and uh, upset expectations. Who knows? But yeah, hopefully. Hopefully Lindor and Alonso continue to deliver, and maybe we'll see somebody else step up to the plate and get something done. And if you you want to open up that conversation in the context of the division, Sam, you mentioned AL East, NL East, two of the best divisions. I would say AL East might be the deepest in terms of just consistent talent, but I think the NL East is the most powerful when you're talking a top three of Braves, Philly, and Mets. I think you throw any of those teams into either Central, and they're winning 105 games. Yeah. And so you look in the context of the division, and it's, well, the Phillies have Schwarber and Harper, and you look up and down that lineup at their power potential, and you could say the same thing about the Braves, Austin, Riley, Acuna. You go up and down their lineups, and it's like their lineups are consistently good like the Mets, but they have that power potential. I think that scares you. I don't. Are you scared about the division? Because I would say, like, I'd love to. I think on paper, this right, this team can win the World Series. The only problem is, I think there are also two other teams in the division yeah. that could say the same thing. It's always how it is. I mean, the Braves have won the division for five straight years, so the Braves have been a thorn in the Mets' side for ever, really, as long as they've been in the NL East. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say uh, this Mets team is in really good shape to make a lot of noise this year, but the Braves are the team standing in their way, and I kind of want to get into um, predictions for the Mets and looking at the NL East. Atlanta lost Dansby Swanson, which is massive. I mean, that's a huge loss. It's their starting shortstop, and it's one of the better players on their team. Um, and Orlando Arcia is not going to step into Swanson's role. He's not going to be that guy. Um, uh, Vaughn Grisham is the guy who they thought was going to step into that role, uh, um, but he's in AAA, so he did not perform well enough in spring training. So that's going to be missed, but this lineup is still so deep, incredibly powerful. You've got Acuna and Albies, fully healthy, full strength. Austin Riley had a tremendous year last year. Michael Harris had a really good uh, rookie season last season. Matt Olson, um, they got a new catcher in Sean Murphy. That's a big addition as well. Slot him in uh, into the middle of the lineup also. Um 
the lineup, to be honest, is one of the best in the National League. And then uh, you add in uh, some pretty dominant pitching in terms of Spencer Strider had a really great year last season, Max Fried as well. Um, the bullpen's solid. Without Kenley Jansen, that could be another loss. or That is another tough loss. But um, I still see this team as the favorite in the NL East. Um, I, I think the Phillies um, obviously have high expectations from, from making it to the World Series last year. But... They've got a tough, tough, uh, couple of tough injuries, excuse me, as well. With uh, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper's going to miss some time, also. Um, so that's certainly, uh, you know, a serious issue with the Phillies. Um, but I think their lineup is just as deep. Their lineup can still find a lot of success. I like the Braves to win this division. Um, I think the Mets are going to fall short uh, once again. I hate to say it uh, for all those Mets fans to torment them out there, but I think the Mets fall short. They finish in second. Uh, Atlanta wins the NL East. And I could see, just like I said for the AL East, I think three teams in the NL East could make the playoffs as well. I I, I think uh, the Phillies could slide their way and find their way into that final wildcard spot. They're too talented. We saw it last year. You get them and that lineup into October with a healthy Bryce Harper and, and, and Schwarber and um, you know you know you go down the list there um, Trey Turner obviously the addition of him at the top of that order and how dominant he was uh, in the World Baseball Classic um, and a really solid rotation as well with Nola and Wheeler that team can make noise in the playoffs don't get me wrong but I think in the regular season over 162 there's a couple flaws in the bullpen back into the rotation and some injuries I think they'll fall short. I like the Braves to win the division, Mets behind them, and then the Phillies to slide in to that third wild card spot. It's tough because I I think the the thing that's keeping me back from really buying in the Phillies because I wanted to is the Harper and Hoskins injuries. Yeah. I really like what the Phillies look like this year. I think right this has been bullpen has been an issue for them, and they go out and they get Jose Alvarado, Craig Kimbrell, Gregory Soto. I like the look of their bullpen a little more than I've ever really liked. Let's say the last decade. Uh, I think I'm with you where the Harper injury and the Hoskins injury puts them in a tough spot for the, the regular season. Even when they come back, I think, look at how stacked the NL East is. I think this might be the year the, Met, the Mets take it. Again, I think the Braves are are an amazing team. I think you said all there needs to be said about the Braves. They're the team that's won it the last five years. They're right there. I really wouldn't be surprised if this is a legitimate three-way race for the for first place. It definitely could be. Um, it certainly could be with the way that the Braves are. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a drag race. I think all three of these teams are more than capable of claiming the the top spot. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Braves taking it. I I think the Mets fighting against the Braves for the first spot, it's going to be a real uphill battle. I think both teams win over 100 games. I think it's very similar. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. I have no problem taking the Mets. I I agree that the Braves are going to be right there. I think think, think I'll ride Mets. It feels like the tide's turning a little bit. Or maybe the Braves at 100, Mets I could say around 95. That's uh, that's like no matter what, they're all going to be in that high But that's, I mean, that's a great year. Like, that's still a great year. Yeah, they're all in playoff contention easily. You could see any of them going all the way. Absolutely. I think you just hope, even if you're not winning a division, you just hope it's a situation where it's not like last year where you had the division the whole year and that you lose it at the very end because that's what it seems like the Braves have done the last two years. And so it would stink again if it's like you're in position to win the division and last two weeks of the season, there it goes. Yeah, we got to get all these predictions in writing. We got to make sure that we have oh, obviously I'll, we I'll put recorded. It in ink, man. I'll say Mets win the division. And we got to make sure that. that we can look back on this and say either Lou was right, Lou was wrong, myself, Ryan, whatever our picks may be. But I would love to see Yankees Mets win their divisions. Like that would be yeah. that would be sick for the season. I mean, we thought we were going to see that. <clears throat> Excuse me. We thought we were going to see that last we year. Almost did. Right up until the end, and then obviously yeah. uh, that went. 
a somewhat of a different way, not to bag on the Mets anymore, but uh, we'll see what they bring this year. It's certainly a lot of optimism surrounding that group and surrounding uh, both New York sports teams in, in, in terms of baseball. Yeah, There's I a lot know, of excitement. I don't know this if the year. city would survive if the Mets and the Yankees made it to the World Series. I mean, yeah, I, th- that we talked about it a little last year because there was a realistic chance yeah. that that could happen. Uh, this doesn't feel like the year. Last year had the vibes. This doesn't yeah. feel but like you Yankees never know with year, baseball. The season That's hasn't started yet. Yeah, I think we'll get a better yeah, sense. Yeah, of exactly. it does. And you never know with baseball. I think sometimes when you think that that couldn't happen, it end up yeah, will. But, I mean, who hey, would have thought the Phillies would make it to the World Series last year? You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way that baseball works. A lot of it is about getting hot at the right time. And who knows? Maybe the Yankees and Mets can both, they'll be in that, they'll most likely be in that position playing meaningful baseball in October. If they get hot, who knows what happens? We could be looking at another a Subway Series, World Series, but we'll see. Um, that's going to do it for our season preview on Nosebleeds. Check back in next week. We'll get into the 2023 season, break down the Yankees-Mets, and the big stories around MLB week by week. Pat Amatoro in production, Ryan Whiteman, and Lou Orlando. I'm Sam Davis saying so long. Nosebleeds is a production of WFUV Sports. Enjoy opening day, everybody. Oh